This is Beat the Closing Line. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beat the Closing Line. I am your host, Nicole Russo, alongside MLB analyst for thelines.com, Eli Hershkovich and Mo Nawara. Now today we're going to be changing things up a little bit from our usual Thursday episode where we interview a special guest about NFL betting. Today, we're going to be doing an MLB postseason betting roundtable with special guest Randy Blum, who is an MLB odds maker from Westgate Superbook. Randy, thanks for joining us today. Are you looking forward to MLB postseason? Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having me. And uh, yes, I'm looking forward to it. Love baseball. I know a lot of people complained about the length of the season, but uh, for me, I can't get enough games and uh, definitely looking forward to the postseason. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here with us. And before we dive into the discussion, as always, make sure to give this video a thumbs up, subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube to get notifications. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, make sure on Apple Podcasts to subscribe to Beat the Closing Line and leave us a five star review for your chance to win an Amazon gift card. Without further ado, let's get into the betting discussion. And Eli and Mo, I'm going to start with you. There were a lot of surprises during the regular season. For one, the Orioles managed to be the most profitable team to back, and they easily cleared their win total. Eli, how did the MLB regular season treat you? So unlike Randy, I was not a fan of an 162-game season. I haven't bet baseball in about two, three weeks just because the postseason race in terms of uh, which teams are making the playoffs besides the last NL wildcard spot was pretty much wrapped up. But up about four to five units in terms of game-to-game bets. Not a good season for me with MLB futures. I lost on the Marlins win total. I can blame injuries for that, but besides Sandy Alcantara, not a good season for Don Mattingly, uh, lost the Twins to win the AL Central. Byron Buxton had his injury, but that Twins lineup was brutal in the second half. And then also lost my Dylan C. Cy Young bet that I made at the All-Star break. So not a good futures year for me, but up a little bit in game-by-game bets. Excited to bet some postseason baseball. And Mo, you are our MLB guy over at the lines. You do the coast to coast MLB podcast. So you've been betting baseball quite frequently. How have things been going for you? Yeah, another high volume season. Good season for me. Uh, It was looking a little hairy. I was looking like uh, I might book my first uh, losing MLB season for a minute there. Uh, It took me quite a few months to to get into the black, but ended up making like 30 units. Um, So it was pretty good, but... uh, Futures was looking tremendous middle to late of the late part of the season. And then uh, some things fell apart. Twins fell apart. And I just want to complain real quick. Rockies over 68 and a half. Oh my God, that was so painful. I, I needed like a four and 13 finish <laughs> and, and they couldn't do it. Uh, it was basically on pace to go over the, to like the last day. I mean, I, if they just won the last game, but they were huge underdogs against the Dodgers who for some reason pitched Kershaw come on, put everyone on ice. I don't know what happened there, but <laughs> yeah, very frustrating uh, losing that one because that was one of my bigger plays. But uh, I think I still made a small profit, but it was looking like I was going to make tons on futures. 
All right. Well, let's hope the postseason is a little bit, I mean, both profitable, smaller, but we want to be profitable in a big way. We are going to take a look at some World Series futures right now. The Dodgers are the favorite to win the series (laughs) at plus 300 all the way down to the Guardians at plus 3,500. Obviously, you can find all of those odds over at thelines.com on our MLB World Series page. Randy, I'm going to swing this one over to you right now. What's the liability like in the World Series futures market at Westgate? And is there one team that you see value in yeah as far as liability uh there's two teams that we're kind of hoping to avoid uh in both uh the pennant uh and the world series uh first one is the mariners uh we have big liability on them uh we were expecting some regression from them this year after you know a lot of people forget they had a 90 plus win season last year because they didn't even make the playoffs but um you know they had a big season last year we were kind of expecting a little bit of a regression but uh you know they they made a couple of trades right before the season started and obviously Julio Rodriguez was a huge impact player for them so um you know we're sweating we're sweating uh that one pretty big uh, would be would be a high six figure loss for us if the Mariners won the World Series uh, between the pennant and the World Series, and then the other team that we do have some liability on is the Cardinals. Uh, we took we took a lot of bets on them uh, from the All Star break, uh, heading towards the second half of the season, heading into the second half of the season, uh, when the Brewers kind of started to fade a bit. Uh, they were a popular play among uh, people at the book here. So those are the two teams that we basically have some liability on. Uh, as far as value, uh, obviously it always depends on what number you can get. But the Blue Jays are an interesting team to me because, you know, they were the ones that were expected to uh, win this division. Uh, Yankees ended up having a great season, but they were the preseason favorites. Although it was very close between the Yankees, Red Sox, uh, excuse me, not the Red Sox, Yankees, Rays, and um, and Toronto. You know, they were all right there. But uh, Blue Jays were the ones that were supposed to take the next step and win the division. That didn't end up happening. But it seems like they're starting to get hot at the right time. So, you know, depending on what odds you can find out there, if you can find 20 to one or higher, um, that might be some, some excellent value there. All right. Next up, we've got uh, some questions for Mo and Eli. Mo, is there a world series futures bet that intrigues you? There's a, there's a couple that I thought were reasonable. Um, one of them is my Atlanta Braves. Uh, there's a plus 600 out there. I'm seeing, I think that's slightly too high. When I tried to plug in some of the uh, what I kind of estimate the series prices to be into a parlay calculator, it came out like plus five seventy. So I think if you just want to gamble on a decent price, I think Braves plus six hundred is fine. Uh, just basically the way the bracket broke down was really really good for them. I, I think I think the Mets and and Padres are both stronger than the Phillies and Cardinals. So. It's pretty pretty great draw for them, not having to face basically basically only having to face a max of of one of of Mets and Dodgers is pretty huge when the Mets and Dodgers most likely have to beat each other and then also the Braves. So really really favorable bracket for them. And then I actually think Rays thirty to one isn't too bad. Um, once again, I plugged some series prices in. I came out with about 31 to 1. So I think any price around that is is going to be okay. Uh, once again, very favorable bracket. I'm not really a big believer in the Yankees. Their bullpen injuries have me a little worried. I don't think the offense is as good as it played in the first half of the season. So, uh, yeah, obviously facing the Guardians round one is pretty 
pretty good. Although, you know, guardians have beat my brains in all year. So I can't be, uh, I, I should be honest and say that I probably been underestimating them all season <laughs> as most people do. <laughs> <laughs> Eli, what about you? Yeah, I lost some money fading Cleveland down the stretch too. I think Bo and I were a little too invested in the twins, but one World Series future that I'm looking at is the the Astros at plus 425. A little chalky in a sense, but when you look at uh, field independent pitching, so what the pitcher can control versus your typical ERA, your traditional metrics that some better still may look at, the Astros have the best FIP among starting uh, rotations and bullpens across all of baseball. When you think about Verlander, Valdez, who made a case for the Cy Young down the stretch, McCullers might be in the bullpen, which actually bolsters their bullpen. But I don't know if he starts in the playoffs. We'll see as it rolls along. And then Javier's stuff, even though his command can be a bit erratic. So one, two, questionable three because of McCullers. And then three, four, whatever you want to call Javier. I love the Astros rotation and their bullpen too. And you can make the case that the Dodgers have the deepest lineup in baseball. But then you look at Houston with Altuve, Pena, who replaced Correa at short, Alvarez, Bregman, Tucker Guriel, Mancini, Velasquez, who the guy from Boston at the break, and the McCormick. I think that's the deepest lineup in baseball. So I and defensively too, you have to trust Houston because gloves are important, really, in October. So I, I like Houston up and down here, and plus four twenty-five again. Not the best quote-unquote value if you're looking for a long shot, like Mo threw out there with the Rays. But big on the Astros, and I took some Houston plus four twenty-five over at DraftKings. All right, it's time to start handicapping some of these series. And we're going to start with the first game in Friday's wild card round, which is none other than the Cleveland Guardians <laughs> against the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, Tampa Bay has the worst record of any playoff team, but was dealing with a bit of injuries throughout the season. Now the Guardians were red hot in the second half after being as high as plus 1,000 to win the AL Central back in June. Cleveland is minus 130 to win the series with the Rays at plus 112. And the Guardians are minus 120 on the money line to win game one. Randy, do you have a bet you like in this series? Uh, I don't know if I would bet it, but uh, I, I, I've always been high on the Rays. I just uh, love the way they operate and run their organization. Um, you know, with Franco coming back from injury, that's going to be a big plus for them. Uh, and, and like we were just talking about, um, you know, everybody, I don't think anyone expected the Guardians to do what they did this year. I think if I remember right, before the season started, uh, Fangraphs had them at 7% uh, chance to win to win that division. So, yeah, it's been an amazing season for them, what they've done. Um, and then, and like you were saying, they've been the uh, second hottest team uh, in the second half of the season. So it's, you know, it's hard to keep picking against them. But uh, for me, I just feel like Tampa's going to, you know, uh, figure a way to pull it out. Um, like I said, I don't necessarily have a bet in this series, but um, I, I, I do like Tampa to move on. They struggled a little bit down the stretch, but like you said, they had some injuries. And I think uh, I think they're going to figure out a way to uh, to advance. Mo, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I definitely lean towards uh, Tampa Bay as well. Um, better pitching, better offense. Um, small disadvantages, I would say, in the pen. Guardians definitely have a better defense. It's just crazy to see that the numbers on Cleveland. Honestly, they're the only playoff team that has both below average pitching staff. Uh, as far as the starters, if you go by uh, fit minus, which normalizes for like 
league and and uh and uh park so they're below average starting pitching and below average offense which is kind of insane to say about a a playoff team i i do think the Rays offense is underrated by the numbers too because of the reasons uh, Randy was saying basically uh, Wander Franco missed a huge chunk of the season they had tons of injuries overall so I think honestly the numbers do underrate Tampa I think Tampa at anything around plus 110 is is fine um, I know they're missing Brandon Lau that could be big honestly my main concerns here is going to be basically what they get out of Shane McClanahan. Uh, he, he was pretty poor late in the season. That being said, I feel like the Rays were definitely trying to cap his innings, so they weren't having him go deep into the games. I think he knew that he's basically just trying to get keep his arm loose. Um, I, I like Rays game one because Cleveland is so poor hitting lefties, and, and I am interested at anything around plus 110 for the series. Eli, are you in agreement here? I'm not going Guardians, but I don't have a bet in the series or for game one. Bieber's peripherals are a little questionable to me. A 288 ERA versus a 351 XFIP. So he's overperformed according to some of the advanced metrics. But he does rely on the, the fastball and cutter, which the Rays have a bottom 10 run value. Their lineup is a bottom 10 run value against those two pitches. So even with Franco back, those numbers are accounted for that. And then McClanahan, the swigging strike rate since he's come back from his injury, Mo touched on that a little bit, down from 16.3% to 9.5%. And while the Guardians' walk rate isn't super high, Quan and Ramirez at the top will make you work. So maybe he goes five and the Raves toss it to the bullpen, but this bullpen isn't what it's been in years past for cash to utilize. So no bet for me in game one of the series, Nicole. You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. All right, we're going to move on now, but stay in the American League and tackle Blue Jays, who are the four seed, versus the Mariners, who are the five seed. Now, Toronto turned its season around after firing manager Charlie Montoyo. Julio Rodriguez, who is the soon-to-be AL Rookie of the Year, paced Seattle's lineup, and the Mariners bolstered their rotation at the deadline by acquiring Luis Castillo, who starts in Game 1 against Alec Manoa. Now, the Mariners are plus 125 to win the series with the Blue Jays at minus 150 and in game one the Blue Jays are also the favorites here at minus 145 on the money line Randy give us some insight into this one yeah this uh this uh, should be an entertaining uh, even although brief series right best of three but uh should be entertaining a lot of great young talent going to be on the field uh, like you said Julio Rodriguez uh, going to win rookie of the year obviously you know with the Blue Jays they have Vlad and all the other guys from um, it, it's an interesting series. I think it could come down to 
something simple like which team uh, can control their emotions and not get too overhyped. You know, Mariners haven't been in the playoffs in a long time. Blue Jays, you know, all with young kids right now who have never played in the postseason as well. Um, Mariners did make that trade for uh, for the pitcher, like you guys said. Um, that, that can definitely be huge for them. I, I couldn't bet Toronto here, but uh, I would need a little bit higher of a price to, to take the dog in this series. Um, like I said, we have a ton of liability, you know, at uh, work on the Mariners. So I'm just going to uh, stick with my rooting interest from that perspective and root for Toronto. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if the price did get a little bit higher, I do think there would be definitely be value there on the Mariners. Eli, we'll go to you next on this one. Yeah, so I'm going to go against Randy's rooting interest here. I'm not taking Seattle to to win the series, but I like Seattle on the money line. I got them earlier this morning at plus 128 on the money line to win game one. So starting with the starting pitchers, Manoa and Castillo is a great matchup, like Randy mentioned. It's intriguing from a lineup standpoint in terms of the star power and then also on the bump. And Manoa, I give a slight edge to, I mean, in terms of stuff. Castillo, even though he didn't have the best September, um, his ERA versus FIP is pretty even. So he hasn't overperformed. He hasn't underperformed. But he he also shouldn't take much of a dip, even against this jacked up of a lineup that Toronto has. And then a couple of things that I like about Seattle's lineup versus Manoa, on top of the fact that the Mariners have a bullpen advantage, you would think with Castillo, the former Rays closer and reliever, Munoz and Seawald might even use Brash if Castillo only goes four or five in this game. Also could save him for game three. But Seattle has a top 10 run value in terms of their lineup against sinkers and fastballs. Manoa's top two pitches down the stretch were sinkers and fastballs. Rodriguez, Suarez, France uh, all match up really well against Manoa. So as good as Manoa is, I think the market is overvaluing him a little bit in, in this game. So I took Mariners plus 128 on the money line, like I mentioned. I don't like the series price because I, I don't like the matchup for Seattle in game two, especially if they go with Robbie Ray against a lineup that Toronto has that favors really well against lefties. But if this does get to a game three, I'll probably look to back George Kirby, who had a top 10 war among starting pitchers in the second half. But only bet for me right now is Seattle in game one. Mo, why don't you close this one off for us? I think I'm in the exact same boat as Randy. Um, I have Toronto uh, plus 1,000 from the preseason. Unfortunately, you can get a better price now, but I'm just going to have to ride with it. Uh, so I'm just rooting that on. Um, I have to say in this one, I am really concerned about what would happen in a game three for the Jays. So I'm really hoping that they, they get this done in two. I have them as pretty solid favorites in the first two games. Uh, but game three could be very, very dicey. I'm guessing they would throw Jose Barrios. But man, Yikes. he had a really rough season. And uh, I... I think that I have them projected as home underdogs in the last game. Slight, but I, I don't know if that would actually be the case. But uh, yeah, I, I I think the Mariners would have a significantly better pitcher on the mound at, at that point. So I'm really hoping the Jays can get this done in two. All right, guys, it's time to move on over to the National League. The Cardinals, who are the three seed, are going to take on the Phillies, the six seed. St. Louis was pretty hot in the second half, overtaking the Brewers in the NL Central. Now, the soon-to-be 
NL MVP Paul Goldschmidt was the engine behind it. Meanwhile, the Phillies are backed by starters Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, while star Bryce Harper struggled with a 615 OPS from September 1st onwards. Now, the Morning Brew did put out a pretty funny tweet that I want to touch on here and on social media, and it said that over the past 100 years, the surest sign of an oncoming financial crisis has been a Philadelphia-based baseball team winning the World Series. This has happened in 1929, 1980, 2008, and potentially in 2022. So I think for all of our wallets, maybe we shouldn't be hoping for the Phillies to win this one. And they are the underdogs in the series, sitting at plus 115 to win it. The Cardinals are at minus 135. For game one, we have the Cardinals and the Phillies both at minus 110 on the money line. Randy, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, this is a this is an interesting series uh, from a couple of different standpoints. For one, I just saw uh, before I came back to get on with you guys, uh, sound, uh, Cardinals actually are going to throw Quintana in Game One, uh, which I thought was very interesting. Um, you know, Wainwright would have been on normal rest if they had chosen to go that way. So, uh, what I'm thinking is that you know they want a lefty out there with Schwarber and and. Uh, Harper going to be up there, so it's an interesting strategy. So I'm just be interested to see how it pays off. But we, you know, with as good as Zach Wheeler has been, um, you know, this game is a true pick. Quintana had a great season, uh, unexpected great season um, this year. But uh, I just thought it was interesting that they would pass up, uh, you know, their best pitcher for the last how many years on normal rest. So we'll see how that plays out. But as far as um, the series as a whole, the uh, Cardinals uh, had an interesting year, obviously, with Pujols having a resurgence. But Goldschmidt, uh, he's been awful for, I don't know, six weeks now. I mean, like you said, he's probably still going to win the MVP. But uh, if he doesn't start hitting again, uh, I'm not sure. I I see some value uh, on the Phillies winning this series um, if he continues to struggle, which he hasn't really shown any signs of breaking out of it in any way down the stretch. Mo, what's your take on this one? I took the Phillies. I took the Phillies, and I like the Phillies here. Plus 115 um, is out there. I think it's good. Uh, I think this series is honestly a coin flip. So, yeah, definitely some value on the Phillies to me. And I I like the Phillies in game one as well. Just to uh, piggyback off of what uh, Randy was saying, it sounds like Adam Wainwright is experiencing the dreaded, uh, quote, dead arm. Not really sure what that means, but (laughs) I can never imagine a dead arm being a good thing. So it is an interesting series, like he was saying, because of because I don't know what St. Louis is going to do with their pitching. I'm guessing it's going to be Mo- Montgomery game two. It sounds like Michaelis, Mo. That's what the tweets are saying. Okay, yeah. I mean, then I guess Montgomery would... I, I'm surprised that they wouldn't want to go with Montgomery. Uh, he's been so good for them. But uh, yeah, I, I do think the Phillies have a pretty big advantage both in the bullpen and in the starting pitching. Right. And then reliever that is remotely trustworthy for the Cardinals is Helsley. He's been awesome, but it's pretty, I, I know that Eli hates the Phillies pen, but man, first of all, the Phillies pen was better than the Cardinals pen, but also Helsley, I guess has like some problem jammed finger or something he's dealing with. If he's not a hundred percent, then, then they might have zero trustworthy bullpen arms. That's pretty scary, uh, spot to be in, uh, when you're going in with your season on the line here. Um, yeah, I, I think the Phillies is a solid play. 
oh no, does this mean the financial crisis is coming? Um, Eli, what do you think? <laughs> that's what Nicole's biggest concern is. Not about our baseball. That's doing well. By, it's not the best. The state of, <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I will say Mo made it out to seem like I was going to back the Cardinals with the way I was talking about the Phillies bullpen. But now with Quintana starting in game one, thank you, Randy, for mentioning that because it sounded like earlier this morning and late last night that it was going to be Michaelis game one and then Katana or Montgomery potentially in game two. But even with those struggles being accounted for with Harper and Schwarber against lefties or especially against Quintana, the, the Phillies have the six highest weighted runs created plus this season against left-handed starters. So I wasn't planning on betting Phillies game one, but now that Quintana is going who knows what's going to happen with Rainwright? Doesn't sound like he's going to pitch in this series, but maybe he backs Michaelis if it's a shorter outing because Michaelis has some command problems. I get starting Quintana in game one from the standpoint of experience. Yeah, I like the Phillies in terms of their lineup matching up against Quintana, even with those struggles being accounted for with, with Harper and Schwarber. And then you get Aaron Nola, who's been one of the best starting pitchers in the second half. Top 10 in war, similar to Kirby among starting pitchers, like I mentioned. I think Philly's sweep is in play. That price is around plus 300, too. I haven't bet anything there. But with Quintana starting game one, I'll, I'll be on the Phillies. Is that something uh, you guys had seen on Twitter, that uh, Wainwright is a good chance he won't pitch in this series? I've seen rumors about that, Randy. Nothing for sure, but the dead arm stuff that Mo mentioned and coupling yeah. with some some Cardinals beat reporters saying that, Again, maybe he pitches in relief, but it doesn't sound like he's going to start. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I had not seen that. Uh, that. That makes me like the Phillies even more in this uh, series. Um, you know, it's uh, he might not be what he was 10 years ago, but, you know, he's a veteran. He knows how to get the big outs and stuff like that. So, yeah, that uh, that information definitely likes, makes me like the Phillies even more. All right, so some hot news coming in while we're while we're filming this. Thanks to Eli for taking a look at Twitter while we're on this. I like the multitasking. All right, guys, it's time to move on to the last of the wild card series. Now we have the New York Mets, who are the four seed, limping into the postseason after blowing the NL East lead to defending champion Braves. Now you have ace pitchers, Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom, and they are banged up. On the other side, the Padres, who are the five seed, bolster their World Series hopes after trading for Juan Soto at the deadline. Closer Josh Hader also seemed to have better command down the stretch. Now we have been taking a look at some of this Met strategy, and it sounds like the plan is to start Scherzer in game one and ideally not use DeGrom at all in this round. If they win game one, it looks like they're going to Chris Bassett in game two. The Mets are favored to win the series at minus 194 with the Padres sitting at plus 164 and taking a look at game one. Mets are favored here as well, sitting at minus 160 with the Padres at plus 130 on the money line. Randy, final one. Give us your take on this series. Yeah, you know, this, uh, to me, this series is all about how the Mets respond to what happened uh, getting swept by Atlanta. They're, they were the better team uh, as far as them against the Padres throughout the season. Uh, you know, they have their two aces, even though they haven't been what they normally are the last uh, couple of starts. Uh, you know, they, they have a better lineup than they've had in years past. Um, I, yeah, I just think it's all about how they respond now. You know, are they still thinking about that series in Atlanta and how they blew the division? Or are they ready to, to play uh, 
play the Padres and, you know, just take this uh, half Scherzer out there and just, you know, put a stranglehold on it right from the beginning. The Padres, to me, very up and down throughout the season. You know, they made the big trade for Soto, but to be honest, he wasn't really that good for them down the stretch second half of the season uh, after the trade deadline. Uh, Brandon Drury, uh, I can make the argument he was a much better pickup, just, uh, you know, stats-wise. Obviously, Soto, long, you know, big picture is the better player. But, um, uh, you know, I, I just think, like I said, I just think this one comes down to the, uh, you know, if the Mets respond and uh, do what they should do because they are the better team and uh, they were the better team throughout the season. That said, I can't bet the Mets because in a best of three, the price is just too high for my liking. Eli, what's your take on this series? Yeah, the Scherzer oblique thing and then DeGrom with the blister because he didn't pitch well down the stretch and Scherzer had the off start against the Braves. So it's it's difficult from that standpoint, but I will say the, I think BetMGM and FanDuel opened with, in terms of game one, opened with Mets at minus 200, Padres around plus 160. That got bet down and adjusted down fairly quickly. And now we're sitting at Mets minus 160-ish on the money line in, in game one and Padres plus 130. I'm going to be saving a bet though until game two, especially if, the Mets were to win game one, like you mentioned, Nicole, and then save DeGrom and, and pitch Bassett because Blake Snell, I keep mentioning pitching war in the second half, and he had the second best war among starting pitchers in the second half of the season. It seems like he's back to raise form when they made that run to the World Series um, two or three years ago. So I know this Padres lineup has struggled down the stretch. Randy mentioned Soto struggles, so it's, it's tough from that standpoint. Darvish, going back to game one, uh, again, Scherzer has pitched really well against the Mets this season. That's because he uses the cutter so often in the Mets struggle to hit cutters uh, all year. And their lineup also might be overvalued just in general. But I'm going to be looking to back Blake Stell, either first five or full game in game two, assuming he does start game two. But no series bet for me, Nicole, and no bet in game one. All right, Mo, time for you to take us across the finish line. Any bets for you in the series or in this first game? I definitely agree with the game one move. Uh, minus 200 is way too high. I had minus 150 as fair for game one. That being said, I took the Mets. Uh, minus 175 uh, at DraftKings. I think it's a little too low. Um, I'm seeing minus 200s at, at some other spots, and I think that's right. Um yeah, pretty big pitching advantage as long as as long as DeGrom and um, <clears throat> Scherzer are right. And I think it's such an advantage to be able to shorten the game too, how good their bullpen's been. I mean, Edwin Diaz has been unhittable all year. The Padres— 50% strikeout, right? Yeah, it's just outrageous how good he's been. And, and DeGrom, I just—I know that he struggled a little bit, but, I mean, his strikeout numbers are still absurd and and not walking anybody. I mean, it's just stuff on contact. I, I don't think it's anything really to worry about. Basically, I think the series just comes down to um, the offenses. Are the Padres as bad as their offenses played this year? I mean, if they play better— like they should, their talent says they should, then yeah, they're going to be right there. But they haven't really performed as well as, as their, their talent level. So I do think the Mets are a little underpriced if you can get around minus 170. Um, otherwise it's probably just a fair line. So yeah, I took Mets, but if they lose, uh, as a Braves fan, it's going to be good for me. So I guess that's okay. <laughs> 
Happy likely no Marte for the uh, for the Mets too. Just a quick note there. He hasn't been ruled out for the series, but that's big against a lefty like Snell. At least I'm looking towards game two. That about wraps it up for today's episode thank you for joining us and randy thanks for coming in and giving us your insight and giving us a look at the numbers at westgate superbook if you are betting any of these games good luck on your mlb postseason bets we will be back on tuesday to discuss the nfl opening lines and we will see you next time